Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kind of Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is attachment styles. Let's do this. guys. Welcome. I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kinda Dating. Um, Aisha is not here with us today, but uh, I'll be holding down the fort. Um, as always, if you like today's episode, please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it and leave us a five-star rating or review. Also, we're on social media. You know, it's quarantine. There's time to spend suspended with us on our Instagram at Kinda Dating, which Karina runs amazingly and beautifully. And it's super great and lots of um, fun things to learn from in there and great funny quotes and memes and shit. So engage with us there. Um, We're also at Kinda Dating on Facebook and Twitter. And I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Okay, we have one of our favorite guests, She's our most recurring guest on the Kind of Dating Podcast. You love her. We love her. She's our favorite relationship counselor, author, and speaker. She's broken down the psychology of sex, love, breakups, divorce, and other human behaviors on shows like Dr. Drew on Call, Nancy Grace, Extra, Kiss FM on, with Ryan Seacrest, and so much more. She's also the star of Bravo TV's LA Shrinks and author of Breakup Emergency, A Guide to Transform Your Breakup into a breakthrough. And if that's not enough, she's the founder of Face It, a mental health company that has in-person and online counseling. Please welcome Dr. Eris Humor. Hey. What's How are up? you? I'm good. It's so good to see you. You too. Yeah, I feel I like... Aisha. Where is she? I know. She had to work today and she really missed you because she loves you. Oh, I love her too. She's always such a good energy to have here. So you're missed. I hope you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) She will be. (laughs) She wanted, she was like, oh man, I wanted to know about these episodes. I was like, oh, you'll listen. Yeah. Um, The last time we saw you, we were at your weekend um, retreat for process communication model with, uh, which Aisha and I went to and it was amazing. Um, we still talk about it all the time about like where we are and how we think. And Well, it's really interesting, especially the topic that we're about to talk about with attachment styles. If you have yeah. the knowledge of process communication model, if you know your personality type and how you can tie that into it and seeing how a lot of times in our relationships we're in distress because we haven't figured out how to fix our distress. And so mm. then it looks like a certain attachment style. So I, as always, I always dig deeper into understanding things. There's no like one formula or one tool or one way to understand yourself is always so layered. Totally. Um, you know, we ask every guest the same question. We've asked you this a bunch of times because you've been on the show, but you know, life changes and who knows? So single or in a relationship? Oh, married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. Married. I see you on your Instagram. Yeah. Married, been with my husband for 16 years. Wow, I love it. Yeah. Um, so, t- so today we're talking about attachment styles. Um, what What is it? Is it like... It, so I'll be honest, I have been so curious about this for so long. It's something that people have always told me like, 
you're so into this, like you should be reading the book attached, like you need to learn about attachment like styles. Um, so what what is it? What is is it attachment theory or is it a style? Um, and why is it a, why has it been important in psychology and dating? Yeah, well, I think that it's you know we look at attachment because whenever we look in psychology, we're usually looking at the core of where we come from and our as children our relationships with our parents, and most of the time our relationships with parents are passed on from generation to generation. And especially when we haven't really worked on ourselves to really look at what those dynamics are, then we act out in relationships unconsciously or even with ourselves. We act out ourselves unconsciously because we haven't really broken down the ins and outs and the ups and downs of our core foundational relationship, which is with our primary caregiver or caregivers. And so when attachment theory was originally thought up from Bowlby, they really looked at the child relationship with the mother. But then over time, now we look at it, it's really about the main care, you know, the main caregiver, which can be mom or dad or grandparent or nanny. And also major influences in our life is how I look at it. Because many times over time, even with influencers like our teachers can affect you know, how we view the world and what our relationships are with others. But when we look at attachment, we really look at how we are with our parents. And what it was like in our first years of life. That's really how we form relationships. So we look at secure and insecure bondings. Right. And so what what are some of these attachment styles? So secure and then the other one, uh, so there's four of them, secure. And then there's um, the three other which fall under um, insecure attachments. So we have avoidant, anxious, and anxious avoidant. And so we can kind of break down, you know, what those look like. It can be, yeah, yeah, it definitely. Like really complex. And I always like to make things as simple as possible. But, you know, attachment theory is pretty deep and complex. Yeah. So, so it is, it's secure. You're it's either secure. secure in relationships or you're insecure. Oh. And then the insecure has different layers. So oh, wow. Start with a secure relationship. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what is a secure, what does that even, yeah. so, <laughs> is anybody fucking secure? Yeah. You know, it, what is that? Right. But who has, who has because who like if secure? it comes out to childhood, who's ever had a perfect childhood? <laughs> exactly. So a good way for you to maybe even, let's just jump forward. Like as you're listening to this, maybe you can look at yourself and say, okay, like how do I view relationships? How do I view others? And how do I view myself in relationships? And maybe you can get some sort of indication of where you're at on the spectrum. And remember that once you have this level of awareness also, it can always change. I mean, things are changeable. When I gain insight about myself, maybe I'm looking at myself and I'm noticing the different levels of insecurity that I have and I reflect that in relationships. Once I have that information, I can learn and grow within myself and change those things by going through whatever it is I need to go through and face within myself. And then I can make those changes, right? 
So, yeah, which is the real <laughs> so secure attachment. So you're looking at kids who have really strong parents that have a lot of self worth and insight, who have worked on themselves. When a child feels secure, they're able to go to their parent and attach properly. When they're crying, they know, okay, I'm going to go to my primary caregiver or caregivers. I know I'm going to get my emotional needs met. You know, I'm going to get a hug. I'm going to be talked to in a certain kind of way to calm myself down. I'm going to feel good again. And then I'm going to go out in the world and I'm going to go play with my you know, friends or, or myself or whatever that is. Um, I also just feel, you know, confident about myself when my parents leave to go out at night or go to work. I'm okay. I'm like, okay, nice. I know you're going to come back. I feel totally confident and secure. Right. So that is like more of a childhood that has that security versus if I I am in my childhood and have an insecure bond with my parents, maybe my parents are highly anxious or maybe they're super avoidant. They're not able to get my, help me get my psychological needs met. And, you know, they're either overly attached or under attached. So they're either giving me too much or not enough for me to find my way in the world. Thank you all for listening to Kinda Dating. If you already subscribed, great. We love you. If you're not, get on it. Go to that podcast app on your phone, computer, whatever, and hit the button now so you can get your fix weekly. Side effects include laughing your ass off, sorting out your shit, and finding true love. Isn't that what we all want? So is it is it often that the the way the parents attach tends to be the way the kid will attach cuz one thing i've noticed is you know not just specifically about attachment styles but like my friends who have kids and they're anxious people um and like highly anxious people their kids are super anxious people of course because we and, as parents transmit our stuff onto our kids, period. Mm, Even if you're aware of what you're doing, you're still transmitting it onto your child. Like you said, there's no perfect person, especially those people who think they're perfect. They're not perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. I know I'm still, you know, even with (laughs) quarantine and just being around my husband and my child since March. <laughs> Seriously, it's just been yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Life. Right now, it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned so much more about myself, and even in retrospect, looking at my attachment styles, how I can be. A lot of it is like you know your defense mechanisms are up, or you get in you know certain behaviors or whatever. This time has been a time of opportunity within ourselves to learn and grow even deeper and learn more about ourselves, right? So I see, I have really seen, even though I've known this, I've been aware of all of these things about me and repeating my parents' relationship because we all do. We repeat our parents. And when we're in relationships, we repeat our parents' relationships, no matter what. It feels like you're just stuck. I know. It, it, you do. And then if, you know, this is why mental health counseling and coaching and learning about yourself and reading books and all of these things is so important because especially if your parents didn't have the healthiest relationship, 
then you have an opportunity to grow through it, right? Yeah. So for example, like my parents are divorced. So my, and they fought constantly in my house, right? It was just constant battle, constant battle. So I learned that. So my go-to naturally is to fight, you know? Yeah. And so I will fight because that's what I was taught, right? That's my go-to. My defenses come up and, you know, I can be like on the avoidant side of relationships, just avoid it. I don't want to deal. I got myself. I don't need anyone else. That's how I was raised, right? I don't need a man. Yeah, yeah. So my opportunity is to be in my marriage and my relationship and to grow through everything I learned in my attachment style because it was learned through my parents, right? And then I can use this marriage as an opportunity for growth and stay within it if we both partner up and have these conversations. And, you know, we're like, okay, we're teammates. Let's. Let's work through our stuff together and see how we can grow and become better humans through the process. Or we can do what our parents did, which both of our parents did, which was just get divorced. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just not even... Yeah, try. I mean, it's interesting because like my my parents fought a lot when we were kids. And and I think it made me be be like... I don't know which one because I'm going to make you break them down. But like, I think it maybe is like more fearful avoidant where it's like because when they when they talked it was always a giant fight Mm -hmm. then I became very like the hey let's all just be peaceful like let's just work good let's like like, let's not talk about things (laughs) you know and then you just become sort of like this habit of hey let's let's put this off like I I don't right and you're also a harmonizer right you're also harmonizer based. I'm a I'm a thinker, eighty percent, and but now I phase to harmonizer. Right, right. So yeah. you're very much, so, and so I look at that, and then that would make sense to me why you're more of the fearful. Oh, um, you know, you have more of that. Yeah. And, right. Yeah, because you want to harmonize the relationships as well. You want to kind of break them down. <laughs> you yeah. want things to be more at peace. So yeah. Yeah. I think like for, for ours, it was like, I was my parents, um, I was their therapist. So I was like the one constantly, like my dad would say something and, and he'd be like, whatever, they got in a fight. My mom would be like, tell your dad, I want to go get some fucking groceries. Okay. Like tell him he has to be ready by like two o'clock. And then I'd go, um, Hey dad. Um, so, you know, do, do you think maybe you could be ready by two o'clock? It'd be awesome to go get some groceries. And then he'd be like, okay, fine. We'll tell your mother that I'm going to go. And if she's not here by this time, I'm going to, then I'd be like, okay, so mom, um, let's make sure we're on time. <laughs> like I was like decoding their yeah, shit for them. Yeah. So it like made me communicate in a certain way, but like not necessarily like express. I, I feel. Yeah. Did- always like the way I was. Yeah, you're like mini shrink. I was a mini shrink in my house too. I was always trying to calm the fighting down. <laughs> yeah. It was totally. so hard. And now in adulthood, you're trying to work it out and figure it out so that you can find your way to a healthy relationship. So yeah. yes, you know, our parents gift us on how to be. And so I have a kid and now I have to look at it and say, oh my God, like we can't, fight like this. It's not healthy for him. He can't see this because then he's going to replicate it because we all do. It's passed down from generation to generation until some people have courage enough to step out of that 
and make the necessary mm-hmm. changes to find our way. But no relationship yeah. is ever going to be perfect. No relation. I mean, it's there's no possible way unless you're yeah. hiding your head in the sand and you have no relationship yeah. with the person. And as if it's not even that right. fun. Exactly. Well, that's the point. Like, that right. Relationships with no conflict are actually in more danger mm-hmm. of not making it because there's no passion there. Yeah, yeah. So what are the other insecure relation, uh, attachments? So there's anxious. Yeah, so, we have- so the, um, the ones that you break down uh, for these different ones that you break it down. So there's avoidant, there's high on avoidance and low on anxiety. Okay. So this person is avoidant. They're very dismissive. Okay. Okay. So is that avoidant dismissive? Yeah. Avoidant dismissive. They're uncomfortable with closeness and they Mm -hmm. really value freedom. Mm. So they're the people who are like, I don't need a man in a relationship. I'm fine. I don't need a relationship. I'm not good at relationships. Um, I'm very avoidant. I like my time alone a lot. Right. Now, is it also like they're dismissive? Like, you know, those people, I feel like my ex who I was living with was like the person it's like, oh, if you have a discussion, you just will shut the door. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do Or like became very apathetic. Like I, I, I just don't want to discuss this. And you're like, huh? Or like doesn't answer a phone. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah. They avoid it. They avoid. Okay. So, but it's literally like yeah. they are like dismissive in that way yeah. too. Yeah, they avoid okay. the conflict. They don't want to go there. They're uncomfortable at being close to other people. So right. they also find it really difficult to trust and depend on others as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they just are more interested in their independence, which is kind of a shield. It's a shield of mm-hmm. getting close, right? So they're just avoiding <laughs> And yeah. remember, there's always, there's different colors to the spectrum. You know, totally. I mean, this is like, that's like a total extreme. So, you know, there's different levels of this. They're, they're very low. These people are very low on anxiety. So they're not anxious. They don't deal well with people who are anxious. Mm. They just want to avoid it. Right? Yeah. Could you, could you have parts of you that are like that, like, I, or phases. Like, I feel like I was probably that phase during my like hardcore commitment phobia area. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, you know, there was a few years where I was like, mm, don't. That's I don't how know, I, I see it. Like, I, you know, I think that there's different levels of this. And then also the more you're aware that I can be this way, because I'm very much so this way too. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows me the insight to then say, okay, like I can go super avoidant because I don't want to deal with other people's issues. They I don't need anyone. I'm successful. I'm all the things, right? That's my defense. So then if I can allow myself to say, okay, let me go through the discomfort of the feelings and I can learn and grow. And then I can get you know more information about myself to figure it out. So like I said, there's different cutlers of the spectrum. Mm. It's we're very malleable. We can change. This is also the one that I feel most young people um, get sort of stuck in, in the dating world. Cause like, especially like after college and stuff, a lot of people have had like their first loves or their first like 
adventures into dating and people get super jaded. And I feel like this is the place they go to is like where they're like, I don't need anybody. I'm, I'm good. Like, and so instead of what even I learned over time was like, oh, working through a conflict, you would just make a decision and be like, nah, I'm done. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't need to fucking deal with this or, or him or her or. I can see that. I can also cutting the cord. Yeah, I can also see um, the anxious and avoidant. Mm, What's that? So that one is high on avoidance and high on anxiety. Oh yeah. Because when you're looking, you're very fearful, right? You're you're in relationships. You're afraid. Um, you're uncomfortable with the intimacy, um, and you're Mm -hmm. also worried about your partner's commitment. You're worried about other people, right? You're worried that other people aren't going to be able to commit to you. You're uncomfortable with also getting close to others because you don't trust them. You're very fearful in relationships. So I can see that. I see that a lot with people being insecure within themselves and then wanting to avoid relationships. I think this, all of these are, it's really important for you to really face whatever it is within you so you can see where you are on the spectrum of avoidance because I see people many times being super insecure within themselves and then super untrustworthy of other people mm-hmm. and avoiding any kind of relationship so then they are they don't choose that's why they're all kind of dating yeah. exactly I mean but but I think that is, you're, you're right like after hearing that out loud I'm like oh I I, I think it seems like, especially for um, like app users, like, you know, most people are dating through apps now. It's like people get so um, fearful of rejection even before it's ever happened that then I think they sort of, they're very untrustworthy before, like they're not trusting the other person before anything has even happened, like before a date, before anything. And then I think they become very like avoidant almost dismissive as a way to cover the fact that they're anxious? Like, Of course, because a secure person who is low mm -hmm. on avoidance and low on anxiety is like, okay, like that person's not meant to be, right? It's totally fine. Like the person that's going to come into my life will come into my life when it's all about timing. When I'm single, it's the best time for me to learn about myself. Like whatever those triggers are, whatever's going on in my life, I feel like that is an opportunity for growth. And then when these situations happen, when the triggers happen, it's an opportunity for you to understand more about yourself so that you can be in a healthier space when you are in a relationship. And then when you're in a relationship, all sorts of new triggers are going to come up. Yeah. That's all relationship is, guys. I mean, seriously, (laughs) it's all in search of a relationship, kind of dating in a relationship or being married for 16 years. It's a constant growing experience. More, this person is triggering more stuff about me so that I can learn and grow more about me and I can evolve. (laughs) If you're interested in, in learning about yourself and evolving, otherwise you're just going to continue to repeat repeat, repeat what your parents did and continue Mm -hmm. to repeat your attachment styles and continue to repeat the same dynamics. And the the last, the fourth one is anxious. uh, Anxious Yes. So we have anxious, which is low on avoidance, high Mm -hmm. on anxiety. So this is a person who's super anxious 
they're anxious, preoccupied. They really are emotionally available, but super needy. They're very... Oh, I know. I, my, my friend was dating somebody who was that. And I was like, this person, like you guys are together all the time. And then they make you talk for four or five yeah. hours on the Yeah. Phone. They yeah. crave the closeness. They crave yeah. the intimacy. So they want to be extremely close to the person attached yeah. at the head. It's like the people who are, you know, constantly constantly texting, constantly like, I need to spend time together. But I mean, is that, is it, what if their love language is quality time? (laughs) That's why I texted you. I was like, I love the love languages, but it feels like, so just here, it's very surface, you know, I I love it. Like I would love for you to tell me like a basic understanding, but it's not the, once you're in a secure space in your relationship because it's not all about the love languages. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So so this is all great insight for you to really say, okay, what was my childhood like? What were my parents mm-hmm. like with me? How was I as a kid? Was I insecure or was I more on the secure side? Then mm-hmm. either way, insecure or secure on this spectrum, where am I? Am I avoidant? Am I anxious? Or am I anxious and avoidant? Hmm. Probably anxious and avoidant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do how do people figure out what like what style they are, or are they one? Are they mixed? Is it? So I so how, what you can do is a you can go online and there's quizzes online that you can take all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do that, and I don't know if you have to give people your email list, your email or whatever to get your results, or you have to pay a little money, you can kind of see where you are on the spectrum, or you can just listen and, and ask yourself these questions. How do I view others? And how do I view myself? Hmm. Right? So am I insecure? Or am I secure? Do I avoid people? Do I trust people? Am I fearful of others? Do others make me anxious? Yeah, it's it's interesting because as I'm hearing it back, like, and you know, I actually, FYI, guys, I actually go to Dr. Eris's Face It um, counseling center. So my therapist is with your company. Yeah. Um, so you know, we talk about this all the time. Where I think I've like personally, and this is something I want to tell people: like, they can evolve because I believe I've evolved a lot in that. Now I've gotten to a place where I'm much more secure. I'm not totally because that would be a lie. But even like when it was like on apps and stuff, like my friends would get so upset and like somebody didn't message them. Like I never cared. I was like, I was like, dude, people are doing shit. And if we happen to connect, we'll connect. If we don't, not meant to be like moving on. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not even thinking about it. Like just onwards and upwards. And I used to be somebody like if I dated people, I was very like, what kind of, what double life are you living? Who, who are you really? Do I know everything? Like I, I was so suspect of everybody. And like now I've gotten to that place where I'm like, all right, well, if you're going to do something, I'll find out. <laughs> and I, I was like, and I'll leave even, and I'll be okay. I feel like I've even noticed a difference in you from when we first did the first really? podcast together to now. It's because it's energetically. Like I see life as any sort of insecurity or anxiety that you're experiencing within yourself, 
is a good thing. (laughs) If you don't allow it to unconsciously take over and rule your life, I see it as information, which is power for you to look within yourself and see how you can learn and grow. So this is all all an opportunity for you to evolve and, and learn more about yourself and not just stay stuck in one place. Like, oh, this is just the way I am. Yeah. And I think when, when you and I first met, that is interesting. Guys, you got to go back and listen. It's, um, we did our episodes on addiction and codependency and sex addiction. And that was when I was with my ex who I was living with, who was, you know, eventually came out, was a sex addict. And, and so I had to, you know, I was obviously in a fucked up mental state and, and very like, I wasn't scared of meeting anybody after that, but I was very like, I was in a different place. I was a little avoidant. I, I definitely was like, everybody's got some, <laughs> I was like, is everybody a fucking addict? Like you do become a little, you know, a little untrustworthy. Um, not me, sorry, where you don't trust people. Um, and that growth has been like, I, I feel it myself where I can, I know I'm avoidant and I can be, and then I push through it. I was actually just talking to Joanne about it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. And so even with me preparing for this conversation, even though I know about attachment theory, I can still look at myself and say, okay, I'm avoidant. Um, Why do I do that? I have the tools to work through that. And so then how do I allow myself to get to the closeness? Because what am I afraid of? in life, right? So it's all about learning and growing. And you have the power within yourself to look at these as tools to say, where am I at? Okay, how can I grow? Why is that like that? And then as I do that, the type of people I attract will change, especially if I'm single or whatever. And how I respond in relationships is going to change. That's the biggest piece. It's who I become through, through learning about these different things. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. Like I remember, uh, maybe year and a half ago, um, you know, if somebody hit me up that like, there was this one guy that I was like, Oh my God, we had so much like chemistry, but this person was so much drama, like such negative energy. And just like, you could tell toxic and old me would have probably like, like younger me would have just engaged it for fun, even for fun, just because I, you know, you're in a different state. And, but then I saw like, and it does sort of come down to his attachment style. It was, he was like anxious, um, where, where everything was, or maybe fearful. Um, but it was like in a toxic way where he would want to have control of you, but but you couldn't have control of him. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, hey man, I don't want this at all, like at all. And I went on one date and then I was like, I'm good. And they bugged the shit out of me. And everybody was like, you didn't even like hook up. I was like, I don't even want to. Like, that's just not what I want in my life anymore. That sounds like the and high avoidance, I, I high anxiety. Them. Yeah, high avoidance, yeah. high anxiety. Absolutely. So you learn about yourself and what we're always going to be attracted to, (laughs) who we're attracted to. 
until the lessons don't need to be learned anymore. And many times we have to continue to learn our lessons for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that's a bad thing. It's just who we are because it's a life. It's a lifetime of learning. Mm-hmm. It just is. So how do, how do some of these, the way people attach, how do they sort of manifest in the dating world? Like on dates or, or maybe in relationships, like are there sort of certain habits that you've seen or heard like people do so maybe when people are listening, they can like identify themselves as that person. Yeah. So if you're secure, you're not worried about the rejection. You know, you just let people be, you're comfortable with the intimacy. You don't have anxiety. You're not avoidant. You're just allowing a person to be who they are. And you have a really mature, deep ability to be with a person, right? You're, you allow people to get close to you and you allow yourself to get close to them. So if, if somebody ghosts you, you're not going to be that upset. You're going to be like, that's right. not meant to be. Yeah. I'm ready to move on. I'm not going to obsess and stalk them on social or anything like that. Right. I'm just going to let them be knowing that probably wasn't the healthiest relationship. Yeah. If you are avoidant and you're high on avoidance and low on anxiety, you're dismissive to people. Mm. So you're you're not worried about a person's availability. You really don't want to be that close to them. You're more about yourself and you know that you're self-sufficient. You know that it's, you know, girls who are like, I don't need a guy. I'm fine on my own. But seriously, like I just don't want to deal. So that type of personality, but you're totally independent. Do those people also like not want to deal with problems? Like, I don't really care about how you're feeling. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, my partner wants me to be more intimate, but I really don't want to be more intimate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just, I'm avoiding it. Okay. Whereas if I was secure. That's a good one about intimacy that, yeah, you're right. If I was secure, I wouldn't avoid it. I would just have healthy boundaries and I would be interested in learning more about where that person is. So that would be more secure. Okay? Yeah. So if I'm anxious, low on avoidance, high on anxiety, I'm super fearful. I'm preoccupied about what the person's doing, what they're saying, how they feel about me. I need to merge with them. I'm codependent. I'm constantly wanting to be hooked at the hip. I don't want to let them out of my sight because I'm fearful that they'll leave or be with somebody else or I'm not good enough or any of those myriad of reasons. Yeah, I'm afraid they're going to abandon me. I My value and self-worth is how they feel about me, mm. right? And then if I'm anxious and avoidant, I'm high on avoidance and high on anxiety and I'm super fearful and uncomfortable with intimacy And I'm worried about my partner's commitment. I'm worried about their love. I don't want to get too close either because I don't trust anybody, right? So I'm uncomfortable getting close and then I find it uncomfortable to trust anybody else. In terms of people like ratio is are people more one thing than the other? Like, is there a known, like more, most people are anxious avoidant. 
or, or avoid and fear. Um, what is it? Avoid and fearful. Maybe, you know, as you're growing, I don't, I don't know the actual statistics on that. Mm-hmm. I just see more people either being on the spectrum of I am insecure. So I put my self-worth into somebody else mm-hmm. or I'm insecure and I'm just going to avoid going in a relationship without facing those things within myself. That's more of what I would see. Yeah. More some, something attached to anxiety and self worth. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious. Like, okay, it seems out of these, <laughs> the the avoidant dismissal one is a bit of an asshole, and Have you like I've been that asshole. This one? <laughs> That's what I said. I've been an asshole, uh-huh. and. Uh, but like, should we avoid that style? Like when we're dating, like should we, like if I'm the dater, if I'm dating somebody and I recognize that, hey, they are avoidant dismissal, should I avoid them? Like, should I make a, like, should we avoid one specific attachment style? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I think we should go towards secure, which means mm-hmm. I need to work on myself I mean, I can look at the red flags and definitely avoid it, but I don't need to avoid it in a way of ghosting. I can avoid it in a way of, it was really nice meeting you. I just don't feel like we're a match, but thank you for going out with me. (laughs) It's not, I don't have to let them know all the things they do wrong and point them out to themselves or why. I mean, unless you want to in a healthy way. So I would look towards seeing how I can become more secure in myself and not be anxious and not be avoidant. That would be my goal. And uh, that's actually a really good point because I, I was like, yeah, the way, the way people also react after a date, like the way you would text somebody, like some people would ghost somebody altogether they're probably just like avoidant dismissal because they're like, I don't really care how you're feeling. I don't want to talk to you. And and then there are people who like right after a date would text and be like, hey, how are you? I'd really like to see you again. And it's like, whoa, I just left you like three minutes ago. Um, I'm wondering what would the the anxious, fearful person do? Like if they were texting? Um, probably that. If, well, depending yeah. on how the tone is. So you can see the tone and the energy. I mean, I would appreciate it if I felt a vibe that the person would call me right away and say, hey, I'd love to do this again. Versus, yeah, oh God, I really want to see you again. When can we do that? You know? So it's oh, Dr. Harris, nobody does. <laughs> it's more about the vibe, right? And, and what you're seeing within that person. And time will tell. You don't know who a person is for quite a while. Yeah. Take to get um, to know somebody. But a person who's secure isn't in a rush, doesn't feel like, oh my God, I'm going to lose this right away. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to work out if it's going to work out. We're going to be fine. I'm comfortable by myself. I'm also comfortable hanging out. <laughs> I'm just... I'm w- we're we're definitely going to talk about that in the next episode of worthiness. But like as a follow up, what is the balance between that? What is the balance between being secure and then still having boundaries around that? Well, being secure is when you're setting boundaries. 
So right. being secure is knowing that I have to set boundaries because I'm taking care of myself, right? So mm-hmm. let's just say, I think more of maybe what you're asking is, can a secure and insecure people per- person be together? Yes, we can. Yeah. So one person... Well, I guess I'm... Yeah, please go So ahead. one person can be secure with an anxious mm-hmm. person, but that secure person just needs to be aware that my anxious person just needs that validation. They need to constantly be validated. I love you. I know that you want to be around me 24-7. And I love being around you too. But for today, I need to go out with my friends. Right. And this is something that you might want to work on in yourself because I'm not going anywhere. I just love mm-hmm. you. But I do also love to go out with my friends. So it's, it's all about communication. So learning how to communicate through these different attachment styles. So, you know, I I also, we get messages from a lot of people. I've had like a girlfriend. I remember she was hanging out with a guy for two years. And on one end seemed, maybe it was just because she was really secure. And that's why she was like, oh, I'm fine with it. But it was really that she was, didn't want to, ask the question because she was scared of the answer. So like, what is that balance between, you know, people who think that they might be doing something out of security, but they're actually just doing it because they're scared. Right. That just sounds more fearful. If, if I'm secure, it doesn't really matter what the answer is because that's Mm -hmm. what I call cognitive dissonance. Like you're just not wanting to get into reality land because you're fearful of knowing what you already know. So that means I'm afraid so that right. I'm coming from more of a fearful perspective. If I'm okay with whatever the answer is, I just would rather know than to drag it out because I'm fearful of that rejection. That's totally. more that's anxiety. A- that's more in the anxiety spectrum. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, the, it's, it's the idea that like, just being able to be comfortable with whatever the outcome is or the answer is. And that's, that might help people determine if they're, if they're approaching something out of security and out of anxiety. Yeah. Or avoid. yeah. Avoiding, avoiding it or being anxious around it. So how do we deal with different attachment styles on dates? Like, is it, I mean, you sort of said a little bit like, hey, if, if I'm dating somebody and I know that they're a little bit more anxious and need a little pep talk here and there, a little boost, like that's kind of what you do. Are, are there things people can sort of do to manage some of these other attachment styles and, and right. to be Just compassionate? If, you're the really, kind of- if you really care about this person, you know, I mean, any of the attachment styles can be together and wherever that is, that is for you and for that person, because you're with this person for a reason to learn more about yourself and to work through it. So two highly anxious people can be together. They're just constantly together and constantly around each other. And maybe that's okay for them. Like, who is it for us to judge? Because we are in relationship because we have stuff to work out within ourselves. And that's what our relationship looks like. It's an opportunity for us to grow 
That I mean, it's just, that's how I see relationships. It's two people who are a mirror reflection to each other that mirrors something within us that we get to learn and grow about ourselves. And so we get to use these relationships as an opportunity for growth. Now we stay together because it's a continuance of that. So like I've been with my husband for 16 years, there's still things that we get to learn about ourselves, about our childhood, still 16 years down the road. Wow, really? Yeah, absolutely. Because the conversations there that we have with one another. And so we can then take it to the next level and we do it in our own speed, just like everybody does it in their own speed. So whenever we're ready, we take it to the next level. Whenever we're ready, we take it to the next level. Now, let's just say there's no more lessons there. It gets boring or we're not, we're not in compatible. We know we're not compatible anymore. That's when relationships end, when the, when the lessons aren't there for us both to continue to grow. Right. I just don't want people to think that that means that they should be in conflict. <laughs> no. Like what's the, you yeah, know, like, cause no. the, there are, those, there are toxic relationships where somebody's mentally told themselves, no, this person's teaching me wonderful things. And I'm like, no, you're not learning anything. You're just being pushed around. Yeah. But if you're still being pushed around, like, what is that about you? Why? Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, as we're talking, we're, I mean, we're bringing up the psyche, right? We're bringing up the psychology of human behavior and why we do that, why we do these things. So if you're in that sort of relationship, figure out why that is. And if you don't want to figure out why that is, then you're having some kind, you're avoiding the truth within yourself. And that's why you continue these toxic patterns. Or you just really haven't had the opportunity to recognize what it is. That's why you're, you're saying therapy is so helpful because you have somebody there who's got a master's or a doctorate degree in psychology that has the education behind the why. They know about the why because the why is always, that's why I have my um, nurture versus nature shirt on, right? It's learning to understand where this all came from. We are, yeah. we are birthed through. Our, who our parents are. <laughs> they teach us who to be in this world. Thanks, mom and dad. Yeah. Right? And they also learn it from the generations before them. So yeah. trauma can exist from generations before and generations before. I mean, we look at what's happening in our world today with racism and Black Lives oh Matter gosh. and all of that. These, this is generational from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of century, uh, years and centuries, right? So we are birthed from that. So we have, through psychology, have the opportunity to gain insight within ourselves. And then whatever anxiety that brings up with us, within us, whether it's major anxiety or just a little anxiety, a little anxiety is healthy because it propels us to move forward because it gives us insight into who we want to become. Or who we can yeah i I have always been a proponent for therapy on the show. I've talked about it a lot of how it's helped me, and like I've become much 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 better, i think more grounded, sort of getting to be more secure person <laughs> um and uh and I just honestly at this point like I just do it to keep up like I just 
is like upkeep for me. I don't have those kinds of glaring issues the way I used to. Um, but I think it's like always been great to have somebody point out a weird thought to me and be like, hey, maybe you're doing this because of this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's really great. Um, so, you know, last question before we wrap this one up is, should you know the attachment style of the person that you're with? Like, does that help? It can't hurt. Right. So both, both of you guys take the test, then have conversations yeah. or read the book attached <laughs> and yeah. talk about it. I mean, it's, if you're, why not? You can talk about these things with each other and then you can gain insight. I also feel like you can probably tell a little bit who the person is, but mm -hmm. you might be projecting too. So get in conversations. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people, like we all think like, well, Hey, I'm secure. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm totally secure. I don't have any problems <laughs> at all. And then the first time somebody goes to you, you're like, fuck, motherfucking piece of shit. Yeah. Um, Dr. Aris, we love you. Thank I you, you. Uh, for being on the uh, podcast. You're not done. We've done this before with you, but uh, we've done this every time with you. But, you know, answers change and people change. And so we will follow your journey. I change. Um, I grow. I evolve every day. Like this quarantine has been amazing and challenging. Totally. I could imagine, especially with a family, like all of our, my friends who have families are like, oh my God. Working and homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been incredible. I'm so grateful for it. Now we've had some difficult parts of the journey, but then we look at them and we're like, okay, this is a time for growth. This We can become better through this, right? Of course. Or you can become worse through this if you don't allow yourself to, or, you know, maybe it's a time for you to say, you know what, maybe it's just not a good time for us, you know? So I think we're going through this as a world at large <laughs> where we are going through this globally this is an opportunity for the world to really look at who we are in our human behaviors, who we show ourselves to be. This is an opportunity for us to become a better place or continue to be shitty <laughs> because it's just being shown more because we have technology. The world was always this. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It's like if you stay in a toxic cycle, eventually it implodes. Yep. And so that's where our world is. But yeah, it's been fun. Um, just real quick, if any of you guys want to join, I have a free group on Facebook called Face It with Dr. Aris. And I do um, live Mindset Mondays, talking about different things in psychology. I give free anxiety groups or you know, body image or relationship or depression. I give lots of tips, tools, and strategies in that group. We have worksheets all for free. It doesn't cost anything. So come and join nice. us. You have to answer yeah, the three questions to join, but the conversation is pretty awesome there. Yeah, you uh, run amazing workshops. I mean, Aisha and I, when we left your process communication one, we're like, holy shit, we're changed. <laughs> it's, um, that's pretty like, powerful work, that process communication model. I mean, it is. especially it really if you is. continue the conversation, it's pretty powerful. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to ask you your six questions. Oh. 
Um, this is, you know, you've done this before. You actually have done this. Yeah, but and, I don't remember. So hit yeah, me again. The best part. <laughs> so you're going to see, you know, it's kind of like our rapid fire. Just, uh, you know, answer however you see fit and however you perceive the question. Um, so Dr. Aris, here are your six questions. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? In general, I know you're married. Um, first thing I notice in general, and you're saying in a marriage, I'm like, um, I don't, oh, geez. Okay. You have me thinking for a second. Um, <laughs> so if I, how about now, how it would be now yeah. it's coming is how secure they are and how much they know themselves. Back in the twenties, it would be that energy, that connection, that fire. <laughs> Totally. Now it's like awareness. Yes, now it's awareness. Who are you? Yeah. Um, what is one deal breaker? Um, addiction. Hmm. What turns you on? Awareness. Hmm. Tell us one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships. My strength is awareness and my weakness is avoidance. Hmm. What is love? Love is getting to know yourself and how you can show up and being able to have that connection with others. I love it. And your last question, besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? I got your back. Got your back. Got your back. <laughs> Love it. Yay. Well, Dr. Ayers, thank you so much for being on A Kind of Dating. How can people find you, face it, all of that? Yeah, you can go to heyfaceit.com. You can go to dracaris.com, doctor spelled out, and social at Dr. Ayers or at heyfaceit. And we'll have all the links, guys, in um, the description of this episode so you can follow there. Also follow us. We're on social media. We are at Kind of Dating across the board. I am at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Yeah, I'm complicated. I give you three different handles. Um, thanks, friends, for downloading this episode. If you could please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes, we'd be so grateful. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts via voice memo to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there. But just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Our producer is Adam Pineless. And our intern is Karina Uribe. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti. And our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and K. Daniel Ellis.